evening, one and all. Here we are, ready to have a ball. Today on the show, what do Muhammad Ali, Joe Namath, and Abbott and Costello have in common? Probably nothing to anyone else other than to me, you, and a dog named Boo. Because the ridiculous connections continue like no one can bring them to you. It's a show about nothing and everything, and it starts now! everybody and welcome to the Dave Jessica House Show as the calendar month changes to February. We finished one month of 2017 and it's already been an unbelievable rocket ride of boredom. But um, here we are and it's a brand new show and we have a special guest today. Uh, my new manager, Vanessa Barrios, <laughs> is here with us. Thank Hello, you for joining us. Hello, you're welcome. She wanted to observe, but it would be awkward if she just stayed on the couch. And you can see where the couch is in the back. I mean, that would be really awkward <laughs> if you were just looking at my back. Yeah. You know, while I did it. I mean, I do. Sometimes I have guests, but I, I actually prefer doing it by myself. I mean, not. I didn't mean that. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> totally. would be rude. Like, it's I actually fine. wish you weren't here. I was doing it myself. I know. No, I love having a guest, but I also like. I mean, I tell everybody. When I have a guest, I usually don't let them speak anyway, so it really doesn't matter. It's perfect. I just, you know, tell the story, and people say, uh, "Oh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I don't know that. Yes, I do know that." And um, that works for me because I guess I enjoy the sound of my own voice. It's a good voice. What can I say? It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nose has been running all day. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's running down his face. I, no, it's not. I'm is just it? Just kidding. Oh my I'm god! You know I hate that. <laughs> um, I didn't. I forgot to bring Kleenex or something with me. But um, right now I'm okay. But you're it's, good. I don't know what causes it. I mean, I know I had I had a cold last week. Well, not a cold, but you know I had a sore throat. But I muddled through the show anyway. I mean, my listeners know, not you, or maybe you know. I don't know whether I told you. <laughs> I had a raging sore throat. Yes, you did tell and me. Too much cock, I guess, or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what's <laughs> what's the cause of a sore throat? <laughs> too much just um, but um. Yeah, but now it's it's much better, and it didn't really turn into a cold, but now, uh, I don't know, I got, and there must be some sort of sinus infection. I keep having headaches, or it's just getting older and being Jewy. So it's one of those things put together just adds up to, you know, the people they depict on South Park with just Did Jewish people. Did you do like the Jewish breathing. remedies? Did you do like um, chicken soup? And that's mm. the only Jewish remedy I know. <laughs> the only one i know <laughs> i um my remedy is nyquil right <laughs> mine I take too. that and it works like a charm <laughs> i mean it really does i mean i really get sick but during this time of the year when it's cold and then i go into warm places i mean my nose just runs horribly and it's happened so many times when i've gone like um I remember there was a girl i liked at the one of the comedy clubs and i came in and it was one of those freezing days and i come in and i'm talking to her and then i'm like Will you excuse me? I have to blow my nose. <laughs> you know, it's so embarrassing. Didn't we That's, talk about that, right? You don't like that either. You're good yeah. about that too. I was like, listen, I'm so sorry. I have to blow my nose. Yeah, so no, hard that's right cool now. that you say that, right? Because <laughs> uh, I'm upset about that too. Right. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think I, I ever. I don't know whether I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but right across the street from my house is a restaurant called Rosa Mexicana. And many years ago, I bought. I guess she's a date. I don't know what you would call her. Um, <laughs> but you bought your date? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this was a crazy, crazy girl, but we had had this um, experience, and then we started... Uh, we, we were part of this 
three-way, you know, it's like, I don't like to, <laughs> you, whatever. And, and then we started hanging out after, but I realized she was insane. I mean, I can, one day I'm going to tell the entire story, which is an unbelievable thing, but <laughs> sometimes I don't like to talk about that um, kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I was, I guess we were, I don't even know if we were dating, but um, she goes, she brings me to this place. She knows I know a better Mexican place called Maya, which is up the street, which I think stinks. I think it's like the worst Mexican place. I've tried it three times, and it's just not as good as... And I don't think Rosa Mexicana's food, which is why we didn't go there for Atel's birthday, because not only is it across the street, but there's four of them. They're nice. I went there for Thanksgiving with my sister and the kids and stuff. It's nice, but their food isn't great. Their guacamole is sensational. Their pomegranate margaritas are excellent. Yes, their drinks are fabulous. Yeah, you know, drinks are fabulous. Right. The appetizers are good, but their food... It's not authentic. It's that... You know, that could that be that the problem yeah. is that we... Me and Atel were looking for his birthday. He said, let's try Mexican. We could not find. Uh, there's, there used to be a place called Marianne's, which was more nickel and dime Mexican, right, you know, right. but a restaurant. And they don't have places like that anymore. I mean, I really looked. A lot of nice people on Twitter were saying, did you try this place? Did you try this place? <laughs> and I'm like, I really saw all those places. And most of the problems were where they did a place like that, they weren't open late enough. Those guys like, you know, Artie, Dave, and Russ, they like to eat at 11 o'clock at night. In fact, quite frankly, they like to eat later. Yeah, 11 o'clock I was a saying, early for would them. you mind if we ate at least at 10? <laughs> yeah. My God, I have to work in the morning. I don't know. They love eating late. And even if you... Everybody knows not to eat late, you know? I mean, look, yeah. you don't want to have a big meal late, especially if, you know, maybe if it's a Friday. I mean, me, I like to have a big meal late maybe on a Friday or Saturday because, as you know, my favorite thing to do is to have dessert and a little coffee after and then watch TV till 6 in the morning. Most people like to try and have sex or something like that. Not me. I like to watch TV until 6 in the morning. Even if I have a girlfriend, she says goodnight at 11 o'clock and I say, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> I'm just going to watch TV all night. I'm wide awake. <laughs> and that, I don't know why that's my favorite thing to do, but I guess it has something to do with um, my father never letting me watch TV as a kid and always hearing his uh, footsteps come down the stairs and being nervous. And now that doesn't happen. And it's beautiful. Right. And still beautiful. It's still day. beautiful. Anyway, I, this girl brings me to Maya. I don't know whether I ever told this story. And we're sitting there, we're having the guacamole, and I'm like, geez, it's a little spicy. And she's she's already yelling at the waitress. She was very pretty, but completely insane we all know the type and um she goes it's spicy and i'm like no it's i mean it's a little spicy i thought it i was like "Woo, it's spicy she goes it's spicy because i completely said not spicy and i'm like well it's really no big deal so she goes excuse me and like in a movie i see her walk away and there's a partition and i guess maybe we were on this outside terrace area but I could see her screaming at the waitress, but not hear any sound. Oh, my God. And she's just pointing at me and being like, <laughs> ah, 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 this was spicy. And the waitress is just cowering. This poor girl barely <laughs> spoke any English. I guess she goes to the bathroom. The waitress comes over. And I said, I just knew. And I'm like, I am so... She goes, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I thought she said... And I'm like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. She's completely uh, muy loco. Muy loco. So she started laughing. Thank God. I mean, I felt horrible for her. This woman is really insane. But, you know, she was sexy. So um, you let that go sometimes. But, um, I, you know, I don't like... I didn't like bringing her out because she really... You don't yell at the staff like that because somebody... Right. I don't even know whether she made a mistake. I mean, I heard her say spicy, so I, I don't know. Well, there's anyway. two types of people, I think, that will speak up and say something, and then some, then the other person won't say anything. 
you know, and like I'm that type of person. I won't say anything. I'll just let it go. Well, I might say I feel, something. Yeah, I mean, I but might not say, you know, I didn't know. I mean, it depends on the attitude of the waiter. Right. That, yeah, I guess that's very true as well. Because <laughs> a lot of people say like, don't say anything, and I'm like, what? What am I saying? What am I doing? <laughs> what? what? Yeah, but she made a complete scene. Oh my god, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> so we left that place, and we were. I guess we were pretty loaded because I think we were doing shots and everything. And so then we went to the place across the street from me, and we were doing shots again. And, uh, right, I went down to the bathroom to blow my nose. That's where uh, the story was yeah, going. Okay. I said, will you excuse me, I'm going to go down and blow my nose. And the bartender, who I guess I had seen a couple times, I just moved into the neighborhood, he was down in the bathroom, and I go, oh, I can't stand blowing my nose in front of people, you know, so I had to come all the way down here. And he goes, oh, my God, I'm the same way. And he goes, can I ask you, that girl... Has she been in here before? And I'm like, oh, my God, she's so crazy. She just made a huge scene. Like, I told him the whole story. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I, I think I've seen her before. She's a little crazy. I'm like, oh, because I guess he was being polite. Oh, uh, who's that girl? You know, like, and then when I told him, like, she's insane. <laughs> and he's like, oh, whatever. So then I went back upstairs and the bill came and she was paying and her credit card didn't work. And he's like, oh, it's not working. And she goes, oh, maybe that's because it got stolen. And I didn't, you know, I didn't pay whatever, something. It was her fault. And she <laughs> threw the credit card in the guy's face. And she goes, go fuck yourself, asshole. Oh and she's like, uh, will, will this be okay? Will cash be okay, faggot? You know, like she was like really letting him have it. And I'm just so hammered. I'm just covering my face because I'm so embarrassed that I'm saying to myself, at least I told the guy in advance that she was crazy. <laughs> So then I'm like, well, shouldn't we leave a tip? You're, you want to leave a tip for that fucking asshole? Go oh ahead. So I leave 20 bucks and, I, and I'm like, and she walks out and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm hammered. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I know this is bad. Right. I mean, really hammered, you know, where it's difficult to speak, but whatever. Anyway, uh, I don't, you know, then whatever. The next day I waited. I was like waiting outside. It was five o'clock. When they open, I was waiting for them to oh, open. Freaking out. And I bought another like 20 bucks. Yeah. And I gave it to, and what, as soon as I walk in there, I, Dave, like you, you don't need to. you woke up thinking about it. Yeah, like, of oh course. I was so mortified. <laughs> right. This is the place across the street. You don't want to blow it, you know, for, yeah, the, totally. for me. So the guy was like, Dave, you don't have to say anything. Thank God we saw each other in the bathroom and you told me ahead of time. And like, you don't need, and I gave him another 20. I'm like, please take it. I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Those guys couldn't have been any nicer. Right. And then I just, you know, was making fun of that girl the whole time. It was great. <laughs> but it's a classic story about how we again? bonded over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was really sexy. Of course. you did. Um, I mean, she really was unbelievably sexy. But um, yes, I was very embarrassed to. Oh, my God. She came to my job once and it was <laughs> so. Uh, she looked a little like Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, she said she looked a little like Jodie Foster, but no, I think it was more Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah. I don't know. One day I'll uh, explain to the audience the entire full story of <laughs> yeah. how we met because that is classic. Totally. But not today. Um, but yeah, the nose blowing thing is a very bonding experience when somebody is kind enough to say, will you excuse me? I know this could be gross, but I need to do it. Right. You know, like it's a must. Yeah, because it's it. it's always weird when somebody because it's gross. Yeah, there's nothing more disgusting in the whole world. But it's also very me. like self conscious. Like when you feel it, like you're especially like I know for me, like when we went to that play, I mean, you were talking about business, and I feel it like coming down my face, oh, and I'm I like, know, and I'm worst. like, I'm so sorry, I have to do this right. Well, now. I have to keep 
sniffing it in because I'm not listening to you right now. It's happening now. Oh, that was during the play. You were having trouble. No, I remember it was 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 snowing that day. Yeah, it was on the way to the play. Yeah, and remember, I told everybody Vanessa came with me to the Richard Klein play. Yes, which um, you know I can't stop thinking about how. I mean, I hate you know I love Richard. We love Richard. He's great. Okay. But how much Be better careful. Alan Rickman would have been in that part. I see. Once but he, he told was. Me, he was on Broadway. What do you, like, you know? I like, know. It's just, that's you all just I missed can think it. about. That's why. Because you missed it. No, but it made sense where the girls would end up sleeping with them and stuff. Cause he, right, right. You know, he, I, I mean, I was, I've never, um, I wouldn't have slept with either of them. What? <laughs> you would have slept with Alan Rickman. He's very charming. You would have slept with him. Of course you would have. Yeah, right. Vanessa. <laughs> Perhaps people would think you're up to something. Oh, wait, I can get it right. Now I have a machine gun to hoe, hoe, hoe. Oh, yeah, definitely would sleep well, with I've been now. working on my uh, Alan Rickman for a while, and sometimes I get it right. Even Dory was like, that was pretty good. And then I tried it again, and she says, yeah, that wasn't that good. You know, whatever. Yeah. I, I Sometimes I can get it right, sometimes I can't. Gotta practice. Anyway, um, I have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Yes. Very excited. Oh, first of all, let's talk. Uh, oh, you just came back from L.A. I did. Um, and we were just talking about outside that you said it rained the entire time. Oh, my God. Every time I go to L.A., it fucking rains. Well, you seem to always go in January, I guess, because no, that's no, no, when no, it no, rains. But I went. Um, when else did I go? I went. Oh, man. I went a few months before. I forget exactly what the month. But it was raining, too. It was like the first time it rained in, like, a year. <laughs> and it, like, it always rains in January. Yeah. I told you the story that I bought, you know, like, uh, a girlfriend out there, and I finally splurged for a convertible. rained every day. <laughs> yeah. And I continue to do the gag. Oh, I forgot to put the roof up. You know, when <laughs> yeah, it's right. pouring, you know, <laughs> actually, like, really pouring, you know. Yeah. I can't get enough of that gag. In fact, I do it here in New Jersey, too. I can't, you know, I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to put the windows up. And they're like, really? And that <laughs> like, really stresses people out. I know. It does. It stresses other people <laughs> it really out. It's does. weird. Um, I guess they're thinking the same thing, too. <laughs> but, yeah, rain freaks out everybody in L.A. And everybody becomes different. Now, I believe I told the story on this show when, um, I think, when Gary Shandling died. I was doing... The Odd Couple out in Los Angeles with me and my friend uh, Chris Regan, mm-hmm. um, who is now going to be on some 70s sitcom. We, were both, we both went to college together. He writes for Family Guy now. And he, we're both like, you know, I'm on Crashing and he's on some other show. He's playing Monty Hall on a show oh, about wow. the 70s, which I think Beth Stalling is on. Okay. You know her, right? We yeah, talked yeah, about her. Totally. I think that's the one where she plays... No, that's Red Oaks, where she plays the lesbian and makes out with Jennifer Grey. I don't know. It's something. I don't remember what it is, but we were both on at the same time, so, well, which is fun. But he played Felix and he played Oscar. I was doing it with my friend Kevin Cash in New York, but we went to L.A. This was the show where I had Sarah Silverman playing David Steinberg, which if you see Inside Comedy, David Steinberg's show on HBO, which I actually uh, taped on TV, fine, I finally saw it. People told me Sarah mentions me on the show. Because David Steinberg is interviewing, he goes, "Now I understand you played me <laughs> in a production of The Odd Couple." She goes, "Yes, my friend Davy Boy Jessica was doing the show, and uh, I played you. I played you." And he goes, "And how was it received? Not well, not well." <laughs> and which was classic because what happened was we did it on Friday and Saturday at the HBO Workspace. Now I think it's called the Comedy Central Workspace, and 
this was a lovely space where you could just work out stuff and it was a great place. And we did it Friday night and it it rained. Not a lot, but enough to, I guess, fuck with people's heads. Right. And the place was packed and nobody was laughing. No one was having a good time. It was a disaster and an embarrassment really? to me. To me. Right. Mostly everybody was like, Jessica's shows suck. Right. It was like bad and reputation. And like a drizzle bad. to us is like almost a downpour to them. Exactly. It's crazy. And the worst part was Gary Shandling came. <laughs> yeah. He came oh, that night to shit. see the show. Everybody was excited he was there. Right. And it just wasn't working. Damn. Now this show had worked perfectly, flawlessly in New York. You know, Artie talks about it to this day on his podcast. The next night on Saturday, we did it again. It worked perfect. We didn't change one thing. <laughs> it didn't rain that day. It was just it's sunny the that only day. thing I can connect to what made the difference. I mean, Sarah will tell you. I don't. She doesn't know what happened. We all did it exactly the same way. There was not one difference because we're all pros. <laughs> yeah, and it just. Was I, was I came off stage. I'm like, now that's the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> my headphones don't be carrying. I get so excited. I, 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 mean, I mean, it had the rain was the only factor, unless everybody was so worried about laughing because Gary Shandling was in the audience, which just can't be. That no, they didn't even know up. he was there. It's Hollywood. They didn't even know that he was there. No, they, they knew did, he made oh, an announcement. He got up and goes, hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's Hollywood. There's always right. somebody like that in the audience. Right. I don't believe for a second that that was the factor. Right. Unless he was just making a horrible face in the audience. The whole time. Like where he's covering his, you know, have his, uh, like his hand up to his forehead. <laughs> like, oh. Like slapping his head. <laughs> and le- uh, otherwise. No, it was the rain. It definitely was the And look what rain. it does to people. It just bums I them a, out. I have like one cousin that lives out there. And I'm like, we had plans to go up one weekend, like one day. And it happened to rain that day. And I'm texting him in the morning, text him at night. You know, text him all through the day. Finally, I'm like, you know what? If I can give up, I'm going to go do my own thing. The next day, I'm like, what happened? He's like, oh, the fucking rain. Well, this is I'm the, like, you couldn't even text me back because of the rain? This is the clip I always play. <laughs> Uh, from when I when that happens. Full house at the Winter Garden Theater. I want ninety people who just came out of the worst rainstorm in the city's history. These are people who are alive on the planet until they dry off. I wish I had a theater that was only open when it rained. <laughs> I don't like it. When people come up to me after my plays and say, I really dug your message, man. Or, I really dug your play, man. I cried. You know? I like it when people come up to me the next day or a week later and they say, I saw your play. What happened? <laughs> it's my favorite line. I, I say about that all the time. Whenever we're doing The Godfather, I always go, I don't want people to come up to me and tell me it was great. I want people to come up to me like two weeks later and say, we saw your play. What wow. happened? <laughs> but that's, I remember that like that. Do you know what movie that's from? I don't. Do you know who it is talking? No. Bill Murray. Okay. And Tootsie. Oh, totally. And I remember it when I first right. saw it. It was so funny. He goes, I don't want a full house. Right. I just want about 10 that's, good people yes, yes. who just came out of the worst rainstorm in history. I think about that line all the time. Because when you go to see a play, when you're in New York and it pours or it snows, it's almost like it's a bonding experience in the theater. It's so true. It's a completely different 
than it is in Los Angeles, where quite frankly, I don't think they like anything live. <laughs> so that could be the problem too, because I've done a lot of theater out there and it's not pretty, you know, but yeah. anyway, so much for that story. Let's move on. It's a classic story. No, it was right? a great story. It really wasn't that classic. Um, it was a great story. <laughs> anyway, you were out there when the roast battle was going on. Yes, I was. The Jeff Ross roast battle. Now, I don't care to watch the roast battle on television. It doesn't um, turn me on. I don't, right. I don't know why. But because it was live and it was Jeff and he's my pal, uh, you know, and I knew, I knew Sarah was going to be on, but I didn't, I didn't know when. I can't figure out when that thing is airing, but I did know Sunday was the end and it was live. Right. Were you there? I wasn't there on the Sunday, the live Sunday. No. Were you there the day before? So, like, how there. does it work? Was it live every day? Because no, I couldn't catch no, it. No, they film like uh, two or three days prior to each one. So they, they would film oh, and then they'd okay. put it out. So the last one's the only one that's live. Correct, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. It was so much fun. The energy was amazing. There was a lot of guests that came out. Well, uh, that's... I was overwhelmed with how entertaining it was. Right. Um, I don't know why I thought it would be dull. Um, there was only four people left, and I did not know one of them was Todd Barry, <laughs> who is now in our Godfather show. Oh, awesome. I don't know that you know. He's playing Carlo. No, you didn't tell me. Yeah. You're always switching shit up, so I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> um, it just have to take it as it comes. That's all. So I had do. no idea he was going to be um, in it, so I was so happy. Now, I don't know whether you know... But Todd has hated Jeff Ross for over 30 years. He hates him. <laughs> but Jeff always thought he was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Todd has always... Now, he in time, he's grown to be okay with him. <laughs> but he was always very jealous of his success and just really didn't care for him. And Jeff kind of knows now. So... There was nothing funnier than the roast battle coming down to Todd and the, and I guess that gay kid, um, uh, John. I don't know. Their Joe names. Joe's. It wasn't the kid that. It was the kid who ended up going against the, the kid who won. The one that no, no, it was just four kids. It was all boys. Oh, I don't gay know. kid, the kid who won, who was like Mexican. Yeah. Todd and somebody else. I don't know. Anyway. It was so funny. So the two TJ Miller votes for Todd. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Jason Sudeikis votes for maybe I don't know. One of them votes for it's I Jason didn't watch Sudeikis, the live one, so TJ Miller, mm-hmm. Natasha Legero, right, and Pat Oswalt. And two of them vote for the gay kid, and who I think is gay. I don't know. <laughs> no, he definitely is. And uh, and two of them vote for Todd. Mm-hmm. And it, so it comes down to the deciding vote, which is Jeff. And I am sitting there <laughs> going like, oh, my God, here is a this chance is for Jeff to redeem himself <laughs> of Todd's hatred for him. Is what is he going to do? Oh, th- all I'm thinking, I can't even believe this is live. And I can't even, be- even believe that this is happening, that it's coming down to this moment where Jeff is going to have the chance to be like, Todd likes me. He really likes, you know, like, and he chose the other guy. <laughs> and I was like, and I wrote to Jeff, and I'm like, well, well done. Another 15 years of Todd hating you, <laughs> you know. And he goes, he'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, um, I see why you picked the other guy, but I, I would have voted Todd. I would, I was like T.J. Miller, who even after Todd lost, I goes, well, Todd should have won this whole thing, and everything. I mean, I just think Todd is better than all of them. Maybe 
he didn't have a good final, but right. I think he's better than all of those guys. And quite frankly, <laughs> I didn't think um, everybody was that great in the final. Yeah, I mean, there was some there was some really good writing in there. And then Do they write their own stuff? I do they have to? Is it like uh, a? I don't. I don't, I don't know the the whole rules behind it, um, but I know that um, some of them they write their own stuff. I think majority of them do. When I wrote to Sarah and I said, um, I said we haven't even talked about the fact that Jeff just messed up his relationship with Todd for another thirty years. You know, like, <laughs> and she's like, ah, because I mean, I can't even believe it came down to that. I just can't even believe it. Um, Speaking of which, as when we left you last, I was heading to Mike Bachetti's roast. Oh, my God, that was pathetic. <laughs> At the lovely New York Comedy Club, which this guy Emilio has redone, and he was so nice. I'm glad I got to meet him. He took over from the horrible Al Martin, and he took me around the club, and he showed me he, he's really redesigned it so it's nice and it's friendly. It doesn't smell like a Pro dorm. <laughs> yeah, vom- I mean, that I, was, I was actually trying to be polite. <laughs> and like he cute. fixed the toilets. You know, it's nice now. He was really, sh- he was, what a nice guy. Uh, there were seven people there. You know, it started at 11.30 at night on a Wednesday. Pichetti is so stupid. He was just <laughs> sitting on stage. We were just sitting, we were all gathering and he's just sitting on stage. He's just sitting there in a pink shirt waiting to be roasted. I, I don't know. So everybody was just like, why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah. And you do the best you can. But I, I mean, I love Mike, but there was no need for this roast. We had already done it two years ago. You know, me and Irene right. had already done it two years ago. <laughs> so I was just using the same material. I met some very nice people. Um, everybody was so nice, except for one girl who was a little standoffish. But that, that girl from uh, uh, the po- the podcast, uh, girl, Guys We Fucked, uh-huh. very nice. Yes, yeah, cool. Uh, what's her name? Cor- Corinne Fisher. Corinne, very yes, nice. She's cool. Uh, very cool. I'd never met her before. Uh, this other guy, Cam, Cam something or other, or Michael Cameron, I don't know his name, very nice, very nice. And they were all friendly and nice. <laughs> no, no, they, they were. <laughs> oh, you're telling me, like, don't say anything. This is what I do. This is why Russ, like, you know, Russ and I are anything. having trouble. Um, but yeah, they're so nice. And um, so the, 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 they, the night was fun, but it was just, you know, so then Mike gets up and he's supposed to roast anybody. He doesn't roast anybody. He's like, I just, I love, you know, and Dave just go, oh, I'm not going to fuck with Dave just go. He's, he's a casting director and I don't want to fuck with him. I'm like, what are you doing? What? You know, he's like, duh, 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 duh. I'm like, you know, he's so stupid. If you were a casting director, you would be in a lot more stuff. Well, I guess I cast him in everything. Yeah. So for him, I, you know, with the, not just The Godfather, but I, I've been putting him in stuff for 20 right, right. years, maybe more. So is that going to be He's in all now? my TV shows. He's right. in the Cars movie. Right. I've been putting him in everything forever. Cause, totally. You know, way before Artie started using him, I've been you know using him that way for years. He's always <laughs> done well. He just can't pronounce words. And, you know, that's why it was funny. We, we He's even talks about, I used to have this wraparound show for Caroline's Comedy Hour on A&E. And he couldn't pronounce the word pituitary. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was funny. But, you know, he's a good kid. And it's funny. But, I, you know, it's a rose. We all know how it goes. I mean, the jokes I said about him were horrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just give it back. That's We're all expecting it, you totally. know? So weird. He didn't do it to anybody. He goes, <laughs> like, Irene, you. you know, I love you. I, I can't even believe it. Uh, he had, like, one joke. and he's He was like, so honored to be roasted. But it was his idea. <laughs> You know, that's it was very strange, but 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 fun. And I was glad I got to leave the house. Was it a good good. turnout? No, there were seven people. (laughs) And those were the roasters. There were three people in the audience. and That one was including the owner, which I guess was nice that he showed up. Yeah, totally. But he's a really nice guy. You know, he just took over this club and 
you know, once I get some material together, he, he said I could probably play there. <laughs> awesome. He asked me if I wanted a roast battle mic, and I'm like, that's not my thing. <laughs> I, was, I asked my friend Steve-O for jokes. Not Steve-O from Jackass. There's a different Steve-O right. that I um, became friends with in the 80s, and he was a very good comic. In fact, he took on Jackie Martling from the Howard Stern Show on Star Search way before I was on Star Search. And Anyway, that's a whole long story. But he, <laughs> he doesn't episode. mind, and I'm like, hey, I need roast jokes. He goes, I love doing these. Right. So he just... Looked up people online and gave me jokes. <laughs> I don't write jokes, you know, so I'm amazed I can sometimes write Twitter stuff because uh, I'm not a joke writer, which has always been problematic. <laughs> you know, if you're doing stand-up comedy, it's a you know, problem sometimes. Be. Yeah, a little tiny, tiny bit. Um, and then on uh, Saturday, I always talk about my week on of the podcast. Course. This is what I do. And I then love so it. on Saturday... My on Friday, my sister stayed over because she's doing something at the JCC or something, some Jewy thing. She's taking some <laughs> seminar at the 92nd Street Y, so she stayed over because she had it early in the morning. So I took her down to the comedy cellar. Plus, she had to get drugs from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, probably shouldn't have said that either. Oh well, uh, <laughs> you know, she comes to the city. She knows what to get uh, for her birthday. For her birthday, you know, it's okay once a year. Um, but we went down to the cellar, and it was fun. And we hung out with Sam Morell. Cool. And. Uh, uh, Who's his uh, friend? Um, the lovely kid who's a uh, virgin. Uh, why can't I remember his name? He's so funny. Joe. Um, they're best. What? Racine? No, no. They're best friends. They do a podcast together. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. Um, why can't I think of Oh, God. I can't think of it. Been out in L.A. too long. Him, Phil Hanley, and this other guy whose name I know I'll remember uh, later. It's at the tip of my tongue. It'll yeah, to yeah, me too. too. Joe, no, no, it's not. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we were all sitting together having a really good time. Then my sister and I went to that other bar I like to go to, and then we went uptown. And we, we had a good time together. It was fun bringing her to the cellar. Uh, she got to meet everybody, which was always fun, bringing your sister somewhere, you know, if she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <I> know, <coughs> you know, it's always fun when people get to meet a tell sister. Right. You know, I've, I've known since she was like nine. Now she's, you know, 40. So we, we've been friends for so long. And so then I was going to, I drove her back home on Saturday to Jersey and our plan was to go to P.F. Chang's. Are you talking about Joe Machi? Yeah. yeah. Joe Machi. Yeah. 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 Joe, is it Machi is or Mackie? Ma- yeah. Yeah. Mackie, Machi? It Mackie? might be Mackie. It's Mackie. I think it's Mackie. He, that kid is adorable. I am the worst at pronouncing Me too. Names. No, I'm even worse. But he is so, such a delight. He, bec- you think he's joking. You, right. It's like, he's so polite. You think it's a joke. Right, right. Like he's busting on you, but he actually is that nice a person and very funny. So um, that was really fun, you know, totally. when you get to yeah. hang out with nice people like that and super funny people too. I mean, it's like a real, you know, that's what's great about the Comedy Cellar. I mean, you're just really hanging out with like the best of the best, just like, just you know, having a drink, having, having there, something to right. eat. Always good vibes. I, I've told you before, you know, I didn't do anything this New Year's Eve, but last New Year's I went down and I had the best time. But it... I was so depressed and I just get happy when I'm there and I feel like a million bucks and they, they, they're nice to me and you know, I've, I'm part of the seller family and they say that right. you're like, Dave, come on, you're part of the seller family. And, and I can't <laughs> tell you how much it means to me. I mean, it really does. Cause, um, my friend, Mike Royce, who produces, there was the creator of the new Mexican one day at a time or <laughs> Latino. I probably already um, said something racist already. <laughs> Do you know that it's new on Netflix? Norman Lear is. No, I haven't watched it yet. I've heard of it. You heard of it. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yes. So Mike Royce and I went to college together, and awesome. he was just on the comics comic uh, on a podcast, and he talked about 
you know, going to lunch with me and Atel when Atel was a receptionist at the Discovery Channel and stuff. And he, the way he would say it, it's like, you know, and Dave Jusco, who's always in and out of comedy. I mean, that's the way it's always been for me. I've right. been in and out, in and out all the time. Now. Yeah, I know, but uh, that's what I do. You I'm know, not I tend letting to you leave. get away from me. Well, here. that's good. I mean, you're the best. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I want to play that clip. Uh, it's exciting having a manager again. I haven't had one in many, many years right. because I just gave up. And you're such a nice person. And, um, it's exciting. Right. Um, I say that you're like my Corvette that I'm going to revamp and throw out in the world again. That makes sense. Yeah, right? Uh, that's the way I'd like to think about it. But I always like, I wanted to get that line that I forgot from um, Jerry Maguire where uh, he's just like, Marcy, I'm talking to my manager right now. Marcy, <laughs> I'm talking to my manager right now, please. Because it's like kind of rude like that he says that because they're so in love and they're like treated as equals. But for some reason, right. he's like, Marcy, I'm talking to my manager right now as if she's not involved. Meanwhile, she's... The one who got him the manager, right, you know, right. we find out. She's basically but he's his like, manager. Marcy, I'm talking to my manager. <laughs> I just want to get that clip. I'm like, I'm talking to my manager right now. Um, because uh, that's all I want to, I always want to tell my sister. I'm like, Beth, I'm talking to my manager right now. Because <laughs> um, we have very important things to discuss. Right. Even if it's just um, talking about Artie or Jersey. But um, anyway, we're trying to get a restaurant. My nephew's playing in Pr- at Princeton University for something. He's playing in his band or something. So we want to stop at P.F. Chang's in Princeton. We can't get a reservation. It's completely packed at 5 in the afternoon. What? 5 in the afternoon. We couldn't get a reservation for 6. So then I tried 4 and we could get that. I'm like, oh, crap. I guess I'm the odd man out. So you guys go. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, god damn it. So I called my niece and I'm like, why don't we get a reservation for 2? Right. And we'll just sit anywhere because i want to go to pf chang's which is the greatest because right. when my friend ashley's on here he used to work here we go there all the time and she can get us a table because she used to work there <laughs> we go to the one in upstate uh, new rochelle or whatever it is right is it nanuet nanuet that's yeah. exactly where it yeah. is uh, you're all right i know my shit yeah so i, I know but, my food but it was it's so that we couldn't get a reservation at like nine o'clock at night i'm like but they're gonna be gone by four hours by that time <laughs> so i was so upset it like ruined my day and i had to go see my mother and uh because she's going to Florida for the month, you know, because she's Hebrew, old, and uh, that's what they do. Right. So she left for Florida today. And um, so I'm there with many, and we're there late. We stayed a couple hours longer because I always have to fix her computer or a light bulb or something. There's always stuff to do. And I'm like, you know, if you make me do stuff every time I come, I'm not going to want to come. Oh, stop it. Like, I'm like, it's really annoying. We always have to like do chores. To do. Yeah. And I'm like, can't we just come and <laughs> hang out for me? And i Mocked my mother too much on this podcast, so not today. But I feel bad because she's like, well, maybe we could go out for dinner. I'm like, that was not the plan. Me and Dory are going out for dinner. But so I wanted to go to Big Ed's Ribs on Route 9 because I called my friend Joe. And I'm like, let's go to Big Ed's Ribs, you know. And But Dory doesn't like to interact with other people. So we couldn't go. I wanted to desperately go to Big Ed's Ribs. <laughs> he was going to go to church and then go to Big Ed's Ribs where it's all you can eat ribs. Oh. yeah, Oh, yeah. Now you're oh. listening. Yeah, exactly. All it's right. unbelievable. Big Ed's. I got a shirt right back there. <laughs> uh, but they ha- And they have rules for Big Ed's. Okay. Which I was going to show in my slideshow uh, when I did the football show the day that I canceled. Right. Um, sorry, everybody. Then you would have gotten to see the rules. The rules are you can have as many ribs as you want. <laughs> Big Ed's. You can't take rules. them home and, um, you know, be polite and actually eat them. You know, like that kind of stuff. Right. But then there's other rules about just, you know. Don't slap Try not to have so much gas or whatever. I don't know. It's like <laughs> something stupid. But she doesn't want to eat with people. Then I'm, I was trying to call this other girl's going through a bad time, like, a, you know, going through a divorce. I'm like, let's hang out with her at least. And she's like, no. You know, and I'm like, fine. She's 19, you know, it's just, but she's shy. 
So I'm like, fine, we'll just go out on our own. But then my mother wanted to come. I'm like, I don't want to eat here. I don't want to eat in any of your restaurants in this neighborhood. So I felt horrible. And like, um, I actually felt bad. Usually I don't care because my mother's annoying. But I felt a little bad. But the plan was, and I can't stray from the path. You know, I, if I have a plan, it's, it's oh, embedded yeah. in my head. I was so upset about the P.F. Chang's thing. So we went to another Chinese restaurant in Edison where I grew up. Which everybody was always said was great, but we never. My father would never let us eat there when we were kids. We always had to order in. He hated going to restaurants. In fact, I don't know whether I ever told anybody this, but when he died, we were dying to know what his AOL password was. We could. The, this the, is great. The, I, I'm, I'm waiting for this right now. The password was "What is your favorite restaurant?" <laughs> and we tried everything. There was only three choices. He hated right. everywhere. South Pacific, which was a Polynesian restaurant we used to go with kids. Us and Bon Jovi used to hang out there. <laughs> yeah. And they actually had me and his headshot on the wall um, back in 1984. Like $70 bill yeah. Up top. yeah, it was just the two of us. Yeah. And I was like, whatever happened to that other guy? Oh, uh, he formed this band and he did pretty well. Um, and what they, oh, I thought you were talking about the Jewish kid. Um, and, and this place, we thought maybe this place, Lucas, which is in Edison. Or then we even said, possibly it's the place where my parent, my parents went on their first date, The Forge in right. Woodbridge. I don't know. This, we tried everything that it could possibly be. And when I'm on the phone with the guy, I'm like, look, we've tried everything. He's dead. I can show you proof he's dead. But, and he's like, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. This was nice because this doesn't happen anymore. Can you, for God's sakes... Just tell us the password. Like, now that it's all over right, and right. you gave us another access to get it, what was the password answer? And he goes, home. His favorite <laughs> restaurant was home, which is makes stup- sense. But it's, but it's also saying, answer. what are you talking about? Rhoda's cooking, which I've said on this podcast is horrible, horrible cooking. But I guess he just hated going to restaurants. Home. Oh. How the hell were we supposed to guess that? What an <laughs> asshole. We were furious. My sister was like, what? My mother always trying to stick up for everybody, including that horrible brother that left us out of the will. Like, no, he's a go. Oh, shut up, Rhoda. <laughs> I love that your mom's name is Rhoda. I know. It's classic. <laughs> so we went to this Chinese restaurant, and they actually had the poo-poo platter, which is what we were looking for, and then it made the night. Right. And, then you and were, it was then a you delicious all, poo-poo platter, too. Good. Yeah, then we went to get ice cream, and, uh, you know, it turned out okay. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I came home and watched TV. Oh, yeah. what a Plus great Saturday. <laughs> well, I didn't have coffee, so only till 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what I watched on Sunday? Deadpool. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the theater. That was amazing. Yeah, it was great. I can't believe I've never seen it. It I was a miracle. I love all the sexual innuendos in Oh, there. my God. <laughs> Everything was great about it. Totally. Oh, my God. I can't believe they finally... That is the first superhero movie besides Spider-Man 2 that they actually hit right what the comic book was about. Right, right. Where, that you know, the comic, like in some of those comics... You know, I read a lot. Of, I used to read a lot of comics before they started making these movies, and some of them were hilarious. Like, um, you know, like the Justice League later on was very funny, very funny. And they sometimes they added the humor, but this was brilliant. Right. I mean, this. I mean, this clearly reinvented Ryan Reynolds' career. I mean, it's so funny that he played the Green Lantern. I love and they when made he had fun the little baby that. hands. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> but the fact that they mentioned the Green Lantern and totally, even though that's another friend, you know, another. Um, 
you know, it took them a long time to make that movie. Is that right? Yeah, you know um, stuff about it. Uh, I'm fascinated that, by it. That's about it. I mean, I oh. know that it, I know that it took like a few years. Like I think it was like maybe five or six years. Well, even the opening credits were yeah. amazing. Film, you know, directed by some douchebag. I mean, yeah, before it got picked up. This was wow. It was yeah. and rated R. Brilliant. I mean, why not? That's Marvel, right? Or is that DC? That's Marvel, right? I think it's Marvel. Yeah, Marvel's the only one that gets the movies right. Every DC one I've seen has been hard. That I finally saw Batman versus Superman. Boy, what a bag of shit it is. And that's DC's my favorite. That's why I watch all the television shows like The Flash and everything. Okay. Um, let's talk about why we're here today. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip of coffee before I begin. You're going to love this. Or at least the people that love this show are going to love this. Ooh, it took a. Why did it take eleven ish years to make Deadpool? It says. Oh, is that right? Oh, well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, though. yeah. Something like that to get done. If they have that script, I mean, they're like, "Hey, we can't yeah, do they this." Had to you wait know, eleven years to play the main character. And, and it was great. Happen. It wasn't those stupid endings like they all right, have, right. which is too much. And the best part about it, the length. Right. Perfect. It wasn't, yes, it, it wasn't, wasn't two, two and a half hours, right, which right. is so, what the fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's really annoying. How do they not get a perfect movie? An action movie should be about an hour and 50, and a comedy should be an hour and 35 to 40. Right. And there it is. That's why I Woody think Allen I, I does think it I perfect. I actually saw that movie twice in the movie theaters. Really? Like, not, not intentionally, just, you oh, know. I can't wait to see my it again. One, you know, it was just like a suggestion. When my one friend really wanted to see it, we went. I can't believe how entertaining it was. And then I was like, I would watch Deadpool again. Do you, you know? know how uh, Do you know how many minutes Spinal Tap is? No. 84. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not one part of it that's not funny. Right. Not one. And even the parts that are a little more serious are amazing. It's one of my favorite parts, and it's what I do in anything I ever write. Not The Godfather, but if I'm writing something original, I always have a small, serious scene because I like it just when they're together and Christopher Guest comes back to the band, he goes, and they're like, oh, you mean the other dead man? You know, like, or he goes, I'm just, I'm not, here's more of a messenger. Turns out Sex Farm is number five on the charts in Japan. And what was to do at all? And then, um, anyway, it's all that banter. And then he, they're going to do the last show. And he goes, David, have a good show. <laughs> and then it's just a nice moment that's not funny. And it's real. And that scene, to me, makes the whole movie. Right. It's like the most important scene in the movie. Because... It's so easy to just do slapstick and slapstick. But you have a scene like that, you realize that these characters care for each other. It's like the most important scene I've ever seen in a comedy. I mean, there has to be something like that in every goofy film. Totally. And then it makes so much sense when he invites him back on stage to um, sing Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You at the end where he's waving him over. It's the best. You've seen the movie or not? Yes, I have. It's okay if you didn't. You don't <clears throat> no, mind. I have. When somebody's young. Have. I don't have any problems with that. I have. I'm not into it as much as you are, but I, I have. Well, why would you be? <laughs> uh, you're not an old man, and uh, you know you're not. Um, well, actually, you are in comedy, so actually, you probably should have been in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we've been talking about Mary Tyler Moore last week, and now um, we found out Mike Connors is mm. dead. Now, why would anyone care that Mike Connors is dead? Well, Mike Connors, like Mary Tyler Moore, have affected my life more than you could possibly imagine, uh, which I know is the strangest thing. Who is Mike Connors? You're sitting there looking at me. <laughs> Who the hell is Mike Connors and where could this possibly be going? Everything I tell you about Mike Connors, you're still not going to understand, but I'm going to try to explain it. How did he affect your life, Well, Pascal? 
First of all, Mike Connors and Mary Tyler Moore, uh, it's so interesting, actually combined in many ways in this one thing. Mike Connors was TV's Mannix. He had a show called Mannix. And I thought this was the greatest show ever, mostly because of the theme we just played up front, which, as you know, is amazing. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Now... This makes me want to snap. I know. That's... And then you got that Stuart Copeland like drumming. It's unbelievable. But this song, it's like, and, and everybody who's listened to the podcast the past couple of weeks realized, you know, I love these opening themes like the Rockford Files on this. And, you know, we talked about that I would have it on my bike on the paper route. You know, this is definitely one of those songs that I'd have in the tape recorder on my newspaper, <laughs> you know, route. And this song was amazing and the show was amazing. Now, did I find the show? I mean, I, did I watch it every week? No, because it's boring and dull. But the opening credits are amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. And everything I've done in my entire life has been about trying to recreate Mannix. <laughs> I know that's insane. Men, 20 years ago, I did a cooking show on the Food Network. And the opening credits, and someday I'm going to put it up on YouTube, except I haven't wanted to see it because I'm so embarrassed by it. Now, this show was directed by Bill Persky, who also directed Mary Tyler Moore in the Dick Van Dyke show. And the opening credits is part Mary Tyler Moore and part Mannix, which is just funny that they're both died in the same week. I threw my chef's hat in the air by Lincoln Center by the fountain. And that was the the Mary Tyler Moore. We stopped, you know, just like Mary Tyler Moore. The rest of it is all Mannix. It's me on the top of a hood on a car. It's me going over a bench and stopping a criminal, all in my chef's hat and my <laughs> chef's outfit, and just knocking over criminals and stopping people, like, and, you know, getting thrown out of a car. It's all the Mannix opening. Every time I would have an opening of some sort, it's all this Mannix opening. And if you go to YouTube, you'll see what I'm talking about. When this music is playing what happens is it's all these little squares of him doing stuff and his eyes are looking at all the stuff that's going on (laughs) i remember it so vividly as a kid like i don't even need youtube to tell you what happened right because it shaped my exact existence When, when they have his letters, like that each square has one of his letters that spell Mannix. So the M is him jumping out of a car, falling down a mountain, and then shooting his gun. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. The A, you get ready for this. He's in a convertible going down the Pacific Coast Highway, shaving with an electric razor. And if that's not the manliest thing that anyone's ever seen, I dare anyone to be any more manlier. (laughs) I've been waiting my whole life to be in a show where I can do that. The end was my favorite thing of all time where he burns his hands on a piece of toast. He's trying to cook and he's at his house and he burns, ow, and he burns it on a piece of toast that's too hot because it shows he's like a regular guy. (laughs) And I was like, that was like, this guy's unbelievably speaking of it, look at me i'm like tearing i'm so excited <laughs> yeah, about are. it i know my eyes are burning this is what happened when um, i was laughing so hard at artie's place with mario uh, bosco um the second end is him swimming away from trouble like he just jumped off a boat and he's swimming away and he's getting shot at the eye is him in a karate costume you know like uh, you know to kill, you know beating somebody's butt and the x is just his headshot 
Because <laughs> he's a handsome fellow. <laughs> Look at me, I'm tearing. I know, I was looking at pictures. He, he was handsome. Back he was today. very handsome. Yeah. But um, so, so there's so many very interesting things. Now, first of all, so I was obsessed with the opening theme. I was obsessed with his show. But the show's actually boring. He also had a black secretary, which is legendary because she was like the first uh, su- black supporting character on a regular show. Right. Uh, Peggy, Peggy, you know, whatever. Everybody knew that. Um, now, there's so many interesting things about this show, which I've just been uh, reading. I know. My eyes are tearing. I'm so excited. I don't even know where to begin. I'm surprised you're not getting red right now. I am getting red. No, you I can't tell? It. I can't oh, tell. The good. lighting's a little weird. I have to keep wiping my eyes because they're like burning. This is what happens when I get excited. They start to burn and then it's like embarrassing. It happened at the Comedy Cellar the other day when I was singing. I was like so happy. I was having such a good time. My eyes started to burn and then people are like, what's the matter with him? It's I'm like, just so excited. So uh, I'm trying to put it all together in my head, like everything I had to talk about. So Mannix, uh, the first season, he's supposed to be – it's supposed to be a guy that works for a, a computer company that solves crimes. It's a new way. He's a private investigator, but he's also supposed to – it's a, a, a big compu- advanced computer company that helps solve crimes, which is funny because technically it was way ahead of its time, um, and he would – and he hated the future stuff. So he was just the grumpy old, even though he was young, guy who solved crimes without all the computer stuff. And then – get ready for this <laughs> – Lucille Ball, oh, I love who it. was producing the show, told him, let's cut out the computer stuff. Nobody's ready for this <laughs> and just do it the regular way. Meanwhile, whether that doesn't sound like forward thinking or not, the show lasted like 10 seasons. Yeah. It was a huge hit. I mean, why wouldn't it be with that opening sequence? Plus, the guy that wrote that thing, and I've known this for years without looking it up, his name was Lalo Schifrin, and I've known him for years because he also wrote this. Yeah, right? So he wrote like two of the greatest themes of all, well, let's just say the greatest theme of all time, which this <laughs> might be. It might be the greatest opening television drama theme of all time. And this other awesome one, which is Maddox, which is amazing. Lalo Schifrin. Um, and so, uh, I lose my place sometimes. Um, I still can't believe it was this Lucia Ball shit. Um, oh, wait. Here, here's the best part, though. Um, uh, oh, oh wait, wait. Where is it? Oh, crap. I got to get it because it's funny. I promise. Oh, here it is. Joe Maddox. When do you hear this? This, this? this will crack you up. Joe Maddox is a regular guy without pretense who has a store of proverbs on which in relying conversation. What demons he has mostly come from having fought in the U.S. Army during the Korean War where he was initially listed as MIA while he was a prisoner of war in a brutal POW camp until he escaped. But here's the best part. Over the length of the series, a sizable percentage of his... And I I swear we have to do this if I have a TV show. Over the length of the series, a sizable percentage of his old army comrades turn out to have homicidal impulses against him. (laughs) If we don't do... That's your life, basically. I know. (laughs) We have, they don't just have to be old army buddies. It'll be high school buddies, college, you know, old comedy buddies for sure. I mean, this is a sure thing we have to do. Yeah, yeah. And we have to put it just like this when we're pitching it. No, but see, his old friends have homicidal impulses against him. Right. We have to word it that exact way. As does, you ready for this? His fellow running back from his college football days. I mean, this says Dave Juskow all over it. Just so like it's like a renew of a, of a Mannix. Well, yes. Plus... In 1992, 
93 and 94, I went as Mannix for Halloween. So let's bring it back. I just dropped the mic. I just, you saw <laughs> you me sit back. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. You just dropped, dropped the mic. Yeah. I went as him for Halloween. Now, how did I go for him as Halloween? I just wore this blue blazer because he, he does. And, and, and what I would do, my, my sister and I remember, we had a party at our old house where we grew up. And I said, listen, uh, when everybody gets going, I want you to introduce me. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I was already like 30. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like it was. No, I was okay. ten. It was in the nineties. Yeah, I was already like the, you know when I was twenty something, right? And it's just because so, so she just, she plays the thing, you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Connors, TV's Maddox, and I come out and I come out running and I do a flip and then I like a somersault and then I'm like, hey everybody, <laughs> like, and then I come out to that music. Everybody's be, like, what the they're like, fuck? What the fuck is going on? I don't understand. I don't. This is the show ended 20 years ago then, and people are like, I don't know who Mannix is. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, I was obsessed with Mannix. What network was that on? CBS. Oh, it was cool. And it, it and and quite frankly, before I read what Mannix was all about, I was always like. What is Mannix about? He's just a private investigator. There's nothing to the show. In fact, I don't even know whether there's a lot of action, which is why I didn't like the show. He basically talks his way out of stuff. I saw an episode where he was on a boat in the middle of nowhere on a lake with one guy who had a gun to his head, and he somehow talked his way out of it. So it was like Ferris Bueller as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Right? We'll see if they had said that. Well, they did say... It says who has a store of proverbs on which to rely in conversation. There you go. So I guess that was part of the plot. But yeah. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. Um, okay. So this guy, Mike Connors, you're going to love this, people. People who love my show, you're going to love this. You're <laughs> going to love th- Get ready. Oh, by the way, did I tell you what I'm going to call my um, special on Netflix? No. Wh- whenever I have it. What is it? Dave Juskow, get ready to laugh. <laughs> So original. Oh, that's what makes it so great. (laughs) Get ready to laugh. I love it. It's so not original. That's the beauty. (laughs) Okay, so this guy, Mike Connors. uh, Now nobody knows who he is. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't. I feel like nobody else does. But in 1974, is this? Let me see. Wait. uh, Get it right. This. I think this happens. Oh, Cindy, can I borrow your foot? Sure. Which one? Doesn't matter. I'm getting real good at this. Wow, what a guy. Who? Mike Connors. He's far out. Listen to what he did. There was a sick little girl in the hospital who wrote to him saying how much she wanted to meet him. And he went 1,200 miles out of his way just to visit her for five minutes. Just because she was sick? Yeah. Just because she was sick, huh? <laughs> Mike Connors, what a far out guy. Yeah, seriously. Well, he's far out. I mean, I'll never forget when they were like, um, boy, that, you know, now this is the classic Joe Namath episode, which, you know, if you're obsessed with the Brady Bunch as I am or my age, <laughs> Everybody knows the classic Joe Namath episode. I mean, it's a it's a legendary one. They've done it on The Simpsons. They've redone it in so many shows. And uh, Joe Namath was the, the 
at this point, he was actually fading, but he was still the king of the world. Uh, and this is how it opens. And I always remember thinking, how funny is that? They got the idea from Mike Connors, <laughs> TV's Mannix. Boy, and, and, and the funny thing is, in that episode, Marcia's reading the paper in her bedroom. What teenager sits in her bedroom reading the paper? Even when there was no internet, nobody was reading, no 17-year-old girl was reading the paper in her bedroom. Like maybe in the living room. Maybe in the kitchen. What girls do you know were reading the paper when they were 17 before the internet? Let alone before the internet. I mean, no, no, so it's so weird. And they clearly were like, no, you'll be reading the paper. I don't know. If she was an actress, she was like, I don't think a 17-year-old would be reading the paper. <laughs> the boys read the paper. Girls never. I don't know. I don't know. That's my theory. But um, it's so great that they get the idea from Mike Connors. <laughs> and it's a legendary episode where Cindy gets this idea, writes to Joe Namath, says Bobby's very sick. And uh, will you come and visit him? It's the first time that anybody thought of doing that. Now it's old hat. It's in every sitcom. Right, right. Everybody does it. Everybody thinks about it. They probably made the Make-A-Wish Foundation from this episode. <laughs> I mean, that's how popular it was. And um, But then something happens also in this episode, which I've also been doing my entire life. Let's play it out. Alice, is Bobby there? Yes, but I think he's pretty busy right now. Just tell him I got good news for him. Me too, Mr. Brady. I finally found somebody who knows somebody who knows Joe Namath. Me too, Mr. Brady. Really? Who? Me. How do you know Joe Namath? He just walked in our front door. <laughs> Look, I'll be right home. I, I love that, it, first of all, He's actually trying to get Joe Namath for his son, who's like an idiot who should he should be teaching a lesson to because he told all his friends he knows Joe Namath. So he's like going out of his way to, to get him. Joe Namath to help him when he should be like, this is a lesson you should be learning, right. jackass. Don't tell your friends a lie. Uh, meanwhile, then he's like, I'll be right there. He just leaves work <laughs> and just comes home just in time. And here's the scene where I think Joe Namath comes um, to Bobby. Is there anything special I can do for you, Bobby? I love Joe Namath's voice. It's just so cool. Yeah. I don't know why. Because I guess when you were growing up, you just heard it all the time. Like, hey, I'm Joe Namath. This is my butter up because he's from Alabama. You know, like he's from the <laughs> yeah, South. Could you come over for dinner one night, Joe? No, I'm afraid not. I have to hop a plane right after the game. How about an autograph photo, Bobby? I brought one along for you. That'll be great. Better lie down. You look weaker. <laughs> oh. 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 What would you like for me to say on it, Bobby? Now, what he's about to say, I used to do all the time. <laughs> and in college, I wrote, I had a picture of Fred Astaire on my wall, because I'm obviously a homosexual. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I wrote this on the Fred Astaire picture as if he was writing it. Like, to Dave, who you'll see. To my great friend Bobby Brady. I wrote this exact to quote. My great friend. Except Dave just got. Yeah. Bobby Brady. And of course, I had to do it from memory because you know there wasn't a way to get the actual dialogue. At Dave's house, I always have dinner when I'm in town. You do. Whatever he says, Herb. I'm sorry, I won't get a chance to meet some of his friends. 
to meet some of his friends. Like Eddie Clark, Tommy Hammer. <laughs> I didn't have Todd those names. I love all those white names, too. You just put your friends' so names easy. in, your actual friends' names. Mine like uh, Jugdish uh, Hammersy. <laughs> Bupendra Patel. There, I'm caught up. Go ahead, bud. And especially Eric Parker, who refused to believe that I'm really good friends with Bobby Bray. <laughs> So there it is, um, a classic episode and a classic scene. Now, 20, maybe 10 years later, maybe less, there is a different Strokes episode with the exact same scene, dialogue. Really? Everything, just like my cousin Vinny. They say make, say I model, model. and that. mint green. Uh, yeah. Um, and... No, there's more. Um, <laughs> except the guest star mm-hmm. was Muhammad Ali. Oh. And she, when Kimberly thought of it, his sister thought of it, it wasn't because she was reading the paper. It just came to her. Where, well, here it is. I know how he's dying to meet the champ. Oh, I know. But there was just some way. Hey, I know. Wait a minute. You just said dying to meet the champ. She might as well just said a look well moment like, what did you just say? <laughs> of course, dying to meet the champ. But listen to this. Uh-oh. Well, there was an article in the paper last week about a football star going to see a sick kid in the hospital. <laughs> She's basically saying there was an article last week about Joe Namath going to see... I saw an episode a- of Brady Bunch. Well, that's what she might as well be saying. Yeah, I read that one too. Well, maybe if Muhammad Ali thinks Arnold's dying, he'll come on over here and visit him. Oh. Kim, that's the sneakiest idea you ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to be your brother. And they high five, because one's black, one's white. You, know. you don't know the show? I do know the show. Okay. How about that applause break? Because it's so hilarious. Champ. Yeah. Now Arnold's in bed. He's sick, and the champ is there. Could I ask a favor while I still got breath in my little lungs? At least he's funnier than Bobby yeah. Brady. I mean, he's really. I mean, let's face it. Gary yeah. Coleman was a genius when he was tiny. Yeah. Like. Could you autograph a picture for me? Be glad to. Here's a pen. <laughs> Boy, you got quicker hands than me. Well, I've got my picture already for you. Now, what do you want me to say? To my best friend, Arnold. (laughs) To my best friend, Arnold. Who I've always liked to have dinner with. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) You believe it? (laughs) (laughs) Who I always like to have dinner with. And who I'm teaching to whoop guys like the good so they won't pick on him. Sick and dying, you sure have a lot of energy. Oh, oh, well, it comes and goes, just went. That's what Sydney says, also. I mean, it's the exact same yeah. thing. I found out it's the same writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's this guy. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I was like, free- well, I don't. 
they took they gave the guy credit okay. who wrote it. Um, this guy's name. Where did I have his name? Martin Ragaway. And the funny thing is, is he's credited. Although if you do heavy research, it's not definite. But you're not going to believe what he's credited for writing. <laughs> so he wrote this and the Brady Bunch, which is a classic sitcom structure. You know, where like we're going to say somebody's dying and they're going to come, which again, when we do a sitcom, there's no way we're not doing that. <laughs> and we're going to get the biggest star and the planet. Stop you know, giving we're gonna, away all your fucking I, secrets. No, it's the best Jesus. one people know because they're going <laughs> to, I don't care. There's, how is this a secret? I know. <laughs> um, but you're not going to believe what he wrote, what he's credited for writing. <laughs> you know what it is already? Yeah. You do? I think so. Well, Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're a coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ballplayers nowadays very peculiar names. funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and Daffy, Daffy, Daffy Dean. I'm their French cousin. French? Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. Well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean, the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell That's me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> well, you got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the That's money. That's it. Who gets the money on he first base? He does, every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing it still holds up, right? And the fact that they're doing it so well, fast well, is yeah, what's yeah, yeah. You sign up the first baseman. How does he sign his name? I've never heard guy, this version before. Who? How does he sign his That's name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. <laughs> What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the players. We're not taking nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you who's the guy on first base. That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's first. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on first. We're not talking about him. Uh huh. How could I get on third base? Why you mentioned his name? If I mention a third base's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? What's on first? What's on second? insist on putting who on third base? What am I putting on third? Uh, what is on second? You don't want who on second? Who is on first? I don't know. Third base! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so, it, it's, first of all, it's amazing how the routine still holds up. I mean, right. it's like, a, it's a, it's so good. And can you imagine if you're there, I don't know, it was the 40s or 50s and you're watching, I guess they must have done this on radio because it's so quick. They must be, I don't know whether they're reading from it because it's so quick. Right. I never hear it like this. When they show it on the TV show or something, it's a little slower, but I like it this quick because that's the way it should only be. It's this quick because it's kind of stupid that the guy can't figure right. it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it makes it funny that it's quick and he keeps saying third base. But that's what's, it, but it really is, when it's done like this, it, Really, still funny. It, it, it's amazing. I mean, can you imagine being the audience? You never heard it before. Oh right, you'd be no, dying. It's, it's hilarious. Th this is real, especially when it keeps going back and forth so smoothly. It's real laugh. People start getting like super excited. About yeah, it. and it yeah. gets better. You got our field. Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Now tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not. Stay out of the infield. <laughs> I want to know what's the guy 
guy's name in left field. Now, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third It's just so, I mean, there's nothing funnier to the fact that, um, and, and then the guy wrote, wrote this. I'm getting real good at this. Wow, what a guy. Who? Mike Connors. He's far. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an what embarrassment. Right? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like Chevy Chase. It's like, you know, he used to be the funniest guy and now he's just not. <laughs> um, but, uh, here's the, that, that routine. It's just so funny. Here's my favorite, uh, parody of it. Well, Seymour, it seems we put together a baseball team, and I was wondering, who's on first? Yes, not the pronoun, but rather a player with the unlikely name of who is on first. Yes, well, that's just great, Seymour. We've been out here six seconds. You've already managed to blow the routine. Sexless freak. <laughs> that's from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it just, I had to play it because it's classic. Um, but, yeah, that's the story with this guy and this writer the guy who also is credited with writing um the episode of uh, the the fa- the different strokes one right with this guy his name is howard leeds and he created uh this unbelievable show which we'll talk about another day called small wonder have you ever heard of that I've show i've never heard of that oh uh, well one day you got to come back because this is what my favorite thing to do when somebody's <laughs> really young and they hopefully can't there'll be another guest exists. here though <laughs> right right but it's it's it was about a robot, a girl robot. Yeah, she's like a. This guy builds a girl robot, like an eight-year-old robot. Okay. So she's part of the family. Her name is Vicky, and she's always in like a maid's outfit, which is kind of rude. But she's supposed to be the guy's sister and you know daughter, and she and she talks like this. <laughs> I feel like I've like seen you probably yeah, you've I've had to have seen a little bit, bit yeah, but, but it was like in the eighties or right. classic eighties sitcom. Like, right. and she, they in the opening credits they show her vacuuming and lifting up the sofa. <laughs> yes, that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen that. She's a so. small wonder, and then but but she talks like this. She was actually pretty good actress because she's able to remain a straight face and a little you know like i don't know i was vacuuming all day it's like so stupid that audition but process is probably <laughs> it must have been unbelievable <laughs> can you do a robot yes i can perfect jeez yeah, i just thought you got you would, the uh, part wow i uh, i was actually don't you think we should maybe make it a little different not the most obvious thing i'm like no yeah was that did you just stamp your feet no was there an earthquake? I don't know what the hell that You was. felt that? Yeah. Oh, maybe it was my cat jumping on the floor or something, Oh, maybe. Was it? Yeah, that was pretty... Uh, yeah, it felt like was an earthquake. pretty intense. It felt yeah. like somebody like, dropped something. Yeah. That was weird. Wow. Maybe there was an earthquake. That'd be fucking amazing. No, an earthquake usually feels like... Like, um, like shaking. No, it feels like there's like a wave beneath your feet. That's oh, why really? I knew when we were in New York, and I was on the 17th floor, Right. I was like... I told my boss, I'm like, that was an earthquake. And they're like, no, it's ridiculous. And then we found out it was... Oh, wow. It's like a ripple. Yeah, no, there wasn't one. What was it, a couple years ago that it happened? Or was it recently? Did you feel it? I didn't feel oh, it. Oh, in New York? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. like everybody's like, like, yeah, I definitely felt that. We're like, yeah, bullshit. No, I definitely it. felt it. You and did, I told yeah. everybody. I believe you. And because I felt one before in California, uh-huh. and I'd never felt anything like it before. It feels like just everything's wavy. But it's weird to feel that on the 17th floor. Yeah. I could see the first time I felt it in Sarah's house on the ground floor, that made sense. Right, right, right. Very small tremor but so maybe it was wavy because it actually shook the building yeah i guess i don't know, you know terrifying so. though right yeah that's crazy yeah that felt like something dropped like a box or something yeah well it's probably my fat cat <laughs> all right so uh that's all i have to say about that i think uh i love the connections 
this guy, what they all ripped off for me. I'm glad it was the same guy. That made me happy right. a little bit. That they I like that last clip that you played. It was so quick and hilarious. Who's on first? Yes. That's like that um, SNL skit with Alec Baldwin with the pie. Remember the pie skit yes, that he I did? Yes, I do. When he went to the diner? Yes. Well, they that's, have, it was, that's old school noir movies right, that they right, make, right. Um, yeah. which was very well done by Alec Baldwin yeah, that was, that and was great, Jan Hooks, I believe. Yes, it's one of my favorite skits. Well, you know why? That was good Sketches. because he's very good and she was amazing and she really didn't get her due. Um, I guess I don't, you know, sometimes women, uh, before there were people like Kristen Wiig and Sarah and people like that, a lot of the women coming off Saturday Night Live who were very, very talented just really didn't get a lot of their due, like Jane Curtin or something. I mean, she got lucky. She got a couple of shows, but Jan Hooks really got screwed. Once she left, they just kind of dropped her. Right. And she got a little older. It was sad because she was really good at what she did. And that's what made that sketch so good. Oh, it was hilarious. because she was very good that's at it as well. one of my favorite sketches. Yeah, it's a good one. And yeah, when you can do the fast talking like that, especially on a show like that where you're only rehearsing it. Think about Abbott and Costello. They were rehearsing that for years. Right, right. You know, years before like they perfected this, what they it. they had Because they were, the it was told that if you look it up, they started it in like burlesque shows and stuff like that. But this one week, yeah. and they're probably reading off cue cards, but still you got to get it right. Yeah, no, but they were, I mean, they had it down. They were like looking right at each other and it yeah. was, they were so, their timing was so clutch. Well, that's when you know you have a good guest. If right. uh, they're not staring at the cue cards, number one. Right. If the guest is good on Saturday Night Live, then it's usually a good show. Right. And if the guest is bad, absolutely. Uh, depending on their badness, sometimes if it's a sports <laughs> person, it doesn't matter. You expect them to be bad and that's kind of the fun. But if it's somebody you like and they just technically suck, like Casey Affleck was excellent on the show. Oh, it was great. I wasn't great expecting episode. that. He was, he was great. You suspect well, a guy like that who's so moody and everything one, right. that he wouldn't be good, but he, like was, he was hilarious. Yeah, he was up for it. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're just going to put it out there, it's great. Um, that a really good actress was in it, the British one uh, who's in Devil Wears Prada. Oh, uh, Anne Hathaway? No, she's horrible. Oh, Emily Blunt. Yes. She was hilarious. She was excellent. Hilarious. I keep thinking about that British Bake Off sketch she, also. Her and Cicely Tyson. She, I like when she breaks too. It's even, it even makes it funny. Yeah, she's really good. She's good at doing even, you know, I always get mad at people, British actors doing Americans because um, I, I can't believe nobody's complaining about it <laughs> just because it's like they're everybody's afraid of everybody taking our jobs. Meanwhile, these British people are completely doing it under our... But a lot of times you don't like if a new um, I know British they're actors, better at it. No, but the new British um, actors come in and you, you know, you're into a show that's on no, Netflix. You don't even know. Like, oh, I know. You don't know. The then, worst. You wa- then you watch like an you interview. You see them on Jimmy like, Fallon. Yeah. Fuck? You're like, whoa, they're Australians? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> fuck you. You fooled me. Yeah, I hate right. that. It really makes me... But they're taking our work. Right, right. I don't even think they're citizens. So it's like, how come nobody complains about that? I mean, they do a brilliant job. Yeah. So that's why nobody complains. But if you're going to complain about, you can't play an Asian person, you can't play even a handicapped person. Right. They, oh, we should get a really handicapped person. Uh, and you can't do any of that. Why aren't they complaining that American person should be playing an American person? And the worst part is, and I talk about this all the time, Andrew Garfield. It's not his fault, but he's in Hacksaw Ridge. He's playing an American soldier. That's where you got to draw the line. <laughs> Don't want British people playing American soldiers and then being nominated for an Oscar for it. It's not right, let alone nominating an anti-Semite like Mel Gibson. Are a, you people crazy? But it was a great movie. You saw it? I did see Why it. Why would you go to participate in a movie that Mel Gibson directed? I don't know. Shame on you. I'm sorry. Why do you hate Jews? No, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl for a second. Um, now, uh, and we'll, we'll end quickly, but um, I, I think you've had enough. Uh, <laughs> Me, <but> no. <laughs> um, I'm starving. Okay, well, we're, we always eat after this. My guest, that's how it always ends. 
Yeah. The guest always says, I'm starving. <laughs> Please, God, end this. And it's not just you, right. I promise. It's Jessica Pilot, uh, Ashley. Yeah, I love Jessica Pilot. You do? Yeah, she's, she's cool. She's horrible. She's cool, people. No, we love Jessica Pilot. You know who listens to the show? Her mother. Awesome. She loves it. Awesome. Um, now, with the Super Bowl, there was this unbelievable bet, which I'm going to tell you, and if you can find it, good for you. I was able to find it, but now it is off. And the bet was this, and there was a New York Times article about it. On Monday night, they said, the Patriots always call heads in the um, coin toss. That's a big bet. They always call heads. In every Super Bowl they've been in, they call heads. So my friend texted me the article, and I immediately bet it. The first, you know, the first call, the call of the coin toss, not right. what it will, will be, be, just what the they're call. Gonna call. Right. The Patriots are the visiting team. They, they call, call right. the thing. I heads was up one twenty four to one. You have to put up one hundred twenty four dollars so to you, win a hundred. You, you're betting that they're going to call heads. Exactly. I put a hundred dollars on that. And how? Now, I would have gone back the next day to put more, uh-huh. but they took it offline because somebody saw the article. Uh, so it's very hard to find that bet anymore. Right. I, they, I think they all took it off because everybody I, I knows. I know a guy though. <laughs> just kidding well I mean who would take that bet you're going to have to put up a lot because uh, yeah, um, totally. you know now, now everybody knows right the only way that bet wouldn't work I would think there's no way they're not going to bet heads because they've had lots of luck the only reason I would say they would not bet heads and take tails if Belichick wanted to change it up is if they were playing the Giants right, right that would right. be the only way to say guys let's go with tails this time what is it it's just like a 50-50 bet yeah yeah yeah. But if the Patriots, for some reason, call tails, it's a disaster. Yeah, but they always call heads. That's right. what they stick with. He says, let's not think about that. We always call heads. That's what we do. Right. You're assuming that's going to be the case. So it's a pretty interesting bet. The other bets, which I'll be betting, of course, are uh, they have... Oh, first of all, I have already started my parlays. I do a three-team parlay where I take... This year, now I used to take two basketball bets and then... The Patri- I'm going Patriots all the way, people. You know I hate the Patriots, but I want to be on the winning side. <laughs> Screw that. I'm not betting with my heart. Betting with my head. Patriots are winning. We talked about this last week. Defense wins championships. The Falcons have no defense. I'm going Patriots all the way. It's only three points. I'm taking them all. And I will be driving you home if you go I know crying. when I'm crying. I know. <laughs> At halftime. I know. I know. But I have the three-team parlay all set. It's usually two basketball bets that I have to win and then the Patriots or whoever's playing, right? Whoever I decide to bet. So that way, I put $50 in. I'm going to win 300 as long as the other two bets come in. So already this week, I have two hockey bets in that have won. I'm doing hockey this time, the overs, instead of it's working. It's working like a charm. Um, I'm betting the overs in hockey. This is the total degenerate thing, but it's working. I've already got the first one in. I had the Sabres. I've never seen you talk about betting like this. Before. Oh, it's amazing. I have the Sabres and the Kings, and, le- and on Tuesday... It wasn't the king. Whatever it was, they both came in. They both won. Didn't push. They won. And all I got to do is wait for the Patriots. Three hundred dollars rolls in. It's Ooh. beautiful. Patriots win and win three hundred dollars. And I've already started the second parlay. Um, I have the Kings tonight. Uh, five points. I don't care if it's a push. That's the beauty about the five. You know, lots of times games are three to two. That's fine. But we just don't want to lose. But you know, any more over five is beautiful. <laughs> And I have an open bet for that. But then we're starting. We're starting to build the parlays. When we get like five parlays for $50 that all pay $300 apiece, well, we just have to pray for the Patriots. But I will also be betting the over in that as well. And you hope for the best. Right. And um, if the Falcons win, 
I'll be crying at halftime, just like what happened with the Broncos Seahawks game. Put everything on the Broncos, everything on the Broncos. This time, I'm not fooling around. I'm betting the Patriots. Everything was with my heart. When I knew the Seahawks were probably going to win, I'm not fooling around. The Patriots are going to win. Now, they've never won a Super Bowl by more than three points. That's the only issue. They never blow anybody out, ever. They always win by a point or two. It's really kind of weird for such a dominant team to never play well in the Super Bowl. It's like when they were undefeated at the, the year that they went That's to with the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah, yeah. And then they, yeah, it's classic. Right. So I don't know. Once Sooner or later, they're going to have to pummel a team. I mean, I don't know. So, you know, you hope I, I'll take a push. <laughs> I, a push to me <laughs> a is push a win. A push is fine. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care. You know, I just want to really get away unscathed. <laughs> um, here are the other bets I might be na- making. Now, I the national anthem thing you were saying. I bet on the national anthem every time, year. right? Time, yeah, over under two minutes or over two minutes. The Alicia Keys one was my favorite. I the knew Adina that Menzel was going one was over. my favorite. That just made it. That I know, but I bet over. Yeah, and it was like just the, made, but it was so exhilarating because she held that note for like that extra second, and, and that's what like, covered. Wah! Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I timed it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, uh, and then Gaga last year, um, I also bet on that. It was an over. Did she go over? Over, yeah. Because I'm worried about this Luke Bryan. I think he's a country singer. Yeah. He sounds like a dork. I'm That's thinking about bet. taking the under this year. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that too. But Alicia but Keys, I'll never forget. But now if you're taking the under, I might take the over. Smart move. Smart move. No, but I've been doing well this year. Okay. My gambling has changed because I'm I betting think smarter. About this. So, you, you know, this time you don't have to bet against me. I think, I think it'll be good. <laughs> anyway, the Alicia Keys one was the best because she started out. And you knew right there. Oh my God, I'm going to win. I'm going to win a fortune. Um, This is a really good one, and I'm going to bet on it. What color will Lady Gaga's hair be when she comes on stage for the halftime show? Oh, blonde, for sure. You have blonde, for sure. That's one to four. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think blonde. I think because she's in this whole Joanne. Oh, right. Okay. Blonde with a pink hat, all pink, probably. I don't know. Which song will she play first? I know that's a good one. I don't know, probably. You know, the even money's on Born This Way. Is it just, yeah. You know, her songs stink. I think AO. 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 It's not listed. It's not. Well, it's under any other song. Yeah, I think it's any other song. Well, any other song. I think it may be something from her new. Poker Face is 10 to 1. That's not a bad one. Nah. Edge of Glory. I bet you she ends with the Edge of Glory. But now, are there any special guests coming around? Songs, I don't know. Oh, see, that's, that's another a good thing bet you have too. to think about. Yeah, but that, but like I, her songs. Will she aren't, be wearing a hat? Will she not be wearing a I hat? I respect her and I like her, and I'm waiting for her to end the Lady Gaga and just become Stephanie and just be I a singer songwriter. I think she's getting songwriter. there. She's Joanne right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I, her I songs they don't work for me, and I'm not. That's you don't not like an, her new album. I haven't heard anything. Off oh, of it. you'll you'll probably like. You her. think so because she uh, she kind of buckled down and was writing with what's her name. Hillary, last name Duff. Hillary. Oh no, my God, Hillary I love Duff. her. Uh, I know you love Hillary Duff. Shut up. No, I don't. Oh, right, because he's younger. <laughs> younger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, shit, I forget her first name, but um, a really, really. Is it Clinton? Brilliant. Because she's no, not doing much. Her last oh. name's Hillary. Um, like she's a writer. Is it Sir Edmund Hillary? <laughs> no, uh, I feel like a dick that I don't know what her well, first name is. I actually. The reason what I'm saying though is like I'm, it's not an old man stuff that I don't like her stuff. It's because you know I like a lot of Taylor Swift songs and I like Katy Perry a lot. Right. Um, so I just don't, I don't think her music's very catchy. It's kind of sad and I don't like well, it. Well, one of her albums bombed. I know that. Like the pop album or like it was like a She's, pop art album or I something. I don't like her music at all. It just oh, doesn't do. work I for like me. It. It's not catchy and, you know, I like a peppy tune. Everybody knows I like <laughs> hits. Like a- I like hits. I like songs like, uh, I like songs like this. <laughs> Ooh, 
those keyboards. Just a bob, bob your head the whole time. Yeah, right? <laughs> Make a song like this. But, um... Here, will a roughing the passer penalty be called in the game? I'm taking that. So the plus is plus 120 Ooh. if you say yes. So that's a really good bet that's if that stays bet. at that line. I, You know, that's a really good bet. Um, this is, of course, my favorite. What will be higher on Super Bowl Sunday? The Patriots' total points scored or Russell Westbrook scoring more points? Those are my favorite with the cross-sports <laughs> betting. With, with the basketball. They always have a basketball game. It used to be Kobe Bryant. It used to be before that Michael Jordan. Right. Who will score more points, the total in the game or Michael Jordan? <laughs> and that's one of my favorite bets. Uh, they have, uh, I guess, Stephen Curry's playing playing this year, too. Oh, that's a good so one. So I'm take that one. Um, if the Patriots win, will Brady... Belichick or Kraft be seen shaking Roger Goodell's hand ooh, on TV? Ooh. And the yes is actually minus. Do they have one where it's like, what color will the Gatorade be that they yes, throw they do. on? Yeah, yes. yeah, I and know they, that one. They've yeah. actually said it's usually with the Patriots, it's, I think it's blue. I bet on it last year. Right. And um, I won. Uh, who won last year? The Broncos won. Right. Oh, I, th- oh, I think I bet orange. Oh, I think I lost. I think it was red. Why wouldn't it be orange? I don't know. If the Broncos Maybe won. they well, like the red flavor. I don't think it's like... I like the red flavor better. I used to yeah. like orange. Now I like red. I like the yellow or green, whatever. If whatever you, The color of your shirt. <laughs> That's the color I like. <laughs> <laughs> you do? I don't like that lemon-lime kind of flavor. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just go. I just had one other... Th- I mean, I had a couple other things, but... Oh, back to Gaga. That writer with her, her name is Hillary Lindsay, and oh. she's a fabulous uh, music writer. She wrote with, oh, like, Carrie uh, Underwood. And I have something that's funny to right. tell you. Um, now that you're my manager and we're working together. This is uh, Johnny Depp apparently was suing his management company <laughs> because he thinks they mismanaged him. And they have just come out blasting, telling him he's an idiot and spent like an idiot. $3 million to blast writer Hunter S. Thompson's ashes out of a cannon. <laughs> They're just, like, laughing at what him, even trying to attempt... With? Uh, that's a good question. They don't say. Oh, the management group. Oh, it's called the management yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Um, seeking more than saying. Yeah, he claims they lost through mismanagement. But can he Spelled just fire them and dollars. pick somebody else up? Is that not how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's saying they mismanaged. He's suing them <laughs> that's ridiculous. for mismanaging his money. <laughs> for then, but they're saying he spent $3 million to blast because, you know, he played Hunter S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had Bill Murray there and whatever. <laughs> he spent $4 million on a failed record label he started. He spent $200,000 a month on private planes, $150,000 a month on round-the-clock security. Well, that was okay, I guess. $300,000 a month to maintain a staff of 40 people and $30,000 a month on wine. So they're like taking this. They're like, really? Really? You're going to, are you kidding? You're kidding, right? Well, they just didn't say no, probably. That's why. Well, the funny thing is, we, also in the paper today is, uh, this is going to happen. Rob Lowe, TMZ caught on to this. Have you heard about this? Rob Lowe, I love his blonde highlights these days. Rob Lowe, TMZ found a job description sent out by Rob Lowe for an assistant on a website specializing in personalized assistance, and TMZ found out it was Rob Lowe's. And he lists the pay at $70,000 with benefits. But this is what you're asked to do. Uh, 
the, the assistant should never never assume anything and always ensure Depp has a dinner plan of arriving home later than 8 p.m. in the evening. Uh, you're supposed to fetch him his coffee throughout the day, warm up his jacuzzi at a Santa Barbara estate, and schedule his haircut. <laughs> it doesn't sound horrible. No, it sounds pretty easy. But um, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, like, it's, it's just like. Like, do you really need somebody <laughs> yeah. to schedule your... I'll give you 70 but, grand but to like, schedule my hair. I need a dinner plan, but how is the other person supposed to... Like, how is he supposed to know, like, uh, who should I call today? <laughs> Jennifer Gray? What <laughs> What should I call an 80s star? Who do you want to have dinner with? Wait, isn't he like, married? I don't, I don't know. I he's just he saying is. a you dinner said, plan. You said Rob Lowe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's married. It doesn't say he's married. I don't... Never heard about him being married. Well, I think he might but, be. It, but no, he says he... Travels around the globe all the time. I don't know whether well, he... Just well, because he travels matter. around the globe doesn't mean he's not married. Just, uh, Wasn't he just roasted recently? Yes. And yeah. that was a great roast. I, believe I was at a, Jeff's house I'm watching like, that. I believe that he, uh, he has a wife. Oh, he was so brilliant on The Grinder. Yeah. That was our favorite show. We had a lot of stories <laughs> about that because it was so good. So good. Um, I guess we're going to finish with today. No, what am I doing? Come on, everybody. You know we got to end with this. <laughs> I can't. I mean, that's the usual song I am with, but I mean, how am I not ending with this today? I mean, Maddox, all day, all night. Well, that's our show for today, everybody. I would like to thank Vanessa for joining us thank today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> being a wonderful sport. Remember, The Godfather is coming up February 28th at the Village Underground. Tickets are now on sale with Todd Barry, Tom Cotter, the great Tom Cotter from America's Got Talent, and uh, me, the uh, legendary Mike Pachetti. Uh, that wonderful girl that everybody says is the greatest actress ever that I found. Uh, it's a uh, uh, crap. Bethel Karam. Bethel, she's the best. Right, right. She's the best. Yes. And I got to find uh, a couple, maybe a couple other people. I think I'm looking at a uh, Apollonia now. I, I got to talk to her, though, because Susie Esman can't make it, everybody. I'm sorry. I just found out she cannot make it. But you know what? I'm okay with that thing wasn't working anyway. Anyway, we'll see you next week after the Super Bowl. I'll tell you everything. Or maybe I won't do it because I won't have any money. But otherwise, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Dave Just Got Podcast. I really hope you enjoy this one. I love bringing it to you.